Hi and welcome everyone to the 64th episode of Serum Rocks. This is Marcus Alonson and today's podcast will be about social selling. And with me today I have Rick McCutcheon from Full Contact Selling. Rick has been involved in the CRM industry for over 20 years as a senior executive, reseller, board member, educator, consultant and professional speaker. He is a Dynamics 365 CRM MVP and holds a prestigious certified sales professional designation from Canada Professional Sales Association. He currently leads a CRM and sales coaching practice with expertise in process design, social selling, gamification and marketing. Welcome back Rick McCutcheon. Thank you Marcus. It's my pleasure to be here today. How are you doing? I'm doing very, very well. Yourself? Yeah, I'm just fine, thank you. So, CRM is all about managing a customer relationship. What is a good customer relationship to you? Well, you know, it's it, it's very interesting because we've seen CRM come a long way over the years, and I think we're finally landing in a place now that um, is where it belongs. It's really about re, um, managing your business ecosystem. So it was all about customer relationship management. And in fact, it was more about sales at one point when we first, you know, 20 years ago got into this um, sector of business. It was really about how can we sell more and use technology to do it. And I think because of the, uh, the changing business model today and what we're going to talk about social selling today, it's really given CRM its place where this is the management tool that allows us, or I should say the technology tool that allows us to manage relationships. So who are those relationships? Yes, they can be prospects and customers, but they can also be your supply chain or people that you resell your products or people who support your products and services out in the field or somebody who refers you business. It's all about managing relationships. And this is why we're seeing Microsoft move away from the term CRM for for Dynamics 365 to more of customer engagement as opposed to customer management. So who are your customers? Um, so my customers, I got a very interesting practice. My practice is kind of built into, I'll say, three parts right now. I spend a lot of time in the startup community. I'm a longtime entrepreneur um, and several software companies. So I spend probably 20% of my time working with uh, incubators. Uh, one is at McMaster University called the Innovation Factory, and the other one is a local one closer to my home called the Spark Center. Uh, they're both Canadian um, regional innovation centers. So I work with young people and who are developing technology and I sort of teach them how to build uh, repeatable sales models. Uh, the other part of my business is working with end user customers. So I do a couple of things. I teach uh, CRM planning and uh, I had a session this week at Dynamics Communities um, event called Focus in Indianapolis in the United States. And I do that workshop probably once a month or so. So I help companies with their CRM planning and, you know, from there, I'll go in and do things like CRM scorecarding uh, to have a look at tr how they can improve their usage. The other thing that I do is it's taken up a big part of my time is the LinkedIn business. So um, I've actually developed a series of workshops around social selling using CRM and LinkedIn. So I'm probably teaching that a half dozen times per month. So what is your last memorable customer experience? Oh, I think it was this week in Indiana. Right? It's and when I taught a class uh, for CRM planning, and because we're really seeing people wanting to take, um, well, it was a Dynamics 365 CRM planning class. So they really want to take their product to the next level, and we're seeing you know 
our customer base really investing in these applications now and kind of getting serious about it? You know, 10 years ago, we still, people were asking us, can you demo this product for us? Can you tell us why we need it? Can you sort of help us, you know, figure out what to do with it and whether there's an ROI? And that word ROI is kind of funny because it never comes up anymore. People sort of understand that, yes, we need a CRM system. Yes, we need to manage our relationships better. And uh, so they're coming into, into the sessions now, sort of, we've got CRM. Now, Rick, tell us what we can do with it to improve the way we do business and manage our relationships. So what is social selling? So, and that's a good question. So how does social selling um, pull into this? Well, social selling is really um, a different way to sell. So traditionally in the world of sales, you know, we look at the funnel management. We go out and find 200 companies we think could do business with us. And then we'd hire salespeople to go out and cold call them, send faxes at one point, send email spam, and just hammer at them until we found the ones who want to buy. Well, social selling is a little bit different. Social selling helps us to go out and influence a market and really um, try to find people that are looking to buy as opposed to us pushing product at them. So, you know, for example, um, LinkedIn is a a big, big part of my business and I've got over 16,000 connections on LinkedIn. So what I do from a social perspective, you know, most of my business comes from uh, Microsoft partners or directly from Microsoft asking me to come in and help com- help their companies uh, with planning or help their customers. So I use LinkedIn and I go out and I build a social ecosystem of Microsoft partners and user customers and people who work for Microsoft and I influence them. If uh, you want to follow me on LinkedIn, you can have a look at what I post. And you know, just this afternoon, we were at the um, Dynamics Community event called Focus. And, you know, I put another post up today thanking those who put the the event together and telling them how wonderful it was. Um, So you want to go out there and use that social power to go out and influence the people and keep your name in front of them. So when people are ready to do a CRM planning workshop, I'm the guy they think about. So it's really influencer marketing built around social selling. So the second part of that is our customers are social buying. You know, there's lots of studies out there. And if you go onto LinkedIn sales blog, you'll see some studies that actually say, I think it's like 80% of customers, or it could even be a higher number, actually will investigate you socially before they do business with you. So if you're an individual, they're looking at your LinkedIn profile. If you're a company, they're looking at your website. They're looking at your Facebook for business page. They're looking at what these people are saying about you on Google and Bing. And even we're seeing they're looking at what you're doing on Instagram or what the culture of your company is on Instagram. So they're they're making a big part of their analysis on who you are and what you do and whether they want to do business with you based on what they see socially. So how does that affect things? Well, all of a sudden I'm running a company. I've got, you know, 30, 40, 100 salespeople out there selling for me. All of a sudden my customers aren't just coming at me through email or phone or fax or, uh, you know, whatever. They're not walking through my door. Um, what's happening is people are coming at us through LinkedIn, through Facebook, through YouTube, through Instagram and communicating with us there. Therefore, we need to communicate with them on that same level. Like if somebody reaches out through Facebook Messenger to me, 
I should pick up the phone and call them. I should answer their questions through Facebook Messenger. So companies are starting to realize that interfacing with the social medias and communicating with them is becoming very important. So where do we take and tie that information all back into one spot? We do it within um, within CRM. And that's why we're seeing the CRM market in general exploding right now because there's so much more communications um, with that business ecosystem than ever before. We just need a place to land and to manage that communication. So is this like the digital version of word of mouth, but it sounds a little bit more than that, right? Well, so Microsoft has this term digital transformation. You go to a Microsoft conference, you'll hear every speaker talking about digital transformation. And, you know, I thought it was a bit funny. And the first time we were at a conference and Microsoft was doing a lot of presentations, we said, we'll make a drinking game out of it. Every time they say it, we'll take a drink. Um, but when I left the conference, I said, you know what? It's a good word or a good couple of words because it describes my business. I help companies move through the digital transformation of B2B selling, right? It's change. Over the last 10 years, people are engaging with, with us socially. They're investigating us socially. They're, they know more about our products and services sometimes than we do. They know about our competitors. So in order to, to manage this, we have to get social with it. So you talked a lot about the channels before here. You mentioned a lot of channels. Do you have any recommendations? I mean, can you pick them all or do you have a, sort of a, a guide how to pick a channel or channels? You know, if we're talking about where do I need to be? Um, do I need to be on YouTube? Do I need to be on LinkedIn? Is that what you're asking? Yes. I mean, you said that you find your customers on LinkedIn, Instagram and so forth or, or examples thereof. I mean, if I'm a company and I don't have all of that, I perhaps just have LinkedIn today, but I want to look at the other channels. Do I just go, okay, I want to just register on all of that and then try to fit some content in there or just I have to be more careful about it? What's your take on it? Well, that's a great question. Um, depending on the size of the company and what you do. So I'm a pretty much an independent consultant. I work with a bunch of other contractors. So my present on, presence on LinkedIn is important because that's where people expect to see me. But I went out to some of my friends who are marketing um, gurus and I said, can I get rid of my website? And they said, no, you can't get rid of your website, even though people know you from LinkedIn and go there to get the information because what if they go and they can't find a website and they're not a LinkedIn type person, they're going to think something's wrong. Some other good examples are um, if you're a company, you really have to claim your, um, your real estate in these different areas. So for instance, I've got to go out and I've got to put a Facebook for business page up. If I don't, Facebook for business will put one up for my business. The same thing with Google. If you go to um, look at a company on Google and they're not there, nine times out of 10, Google has taken a picture from the road and they put this company up and underneath it says, if you own this company, please claim it. Same thing on Facebook. It doesn't look good when you leave these pieces of important real estate empty. As well, I've seen other organizations where they haven't claimed their Facebook or Instagram or uh, Google sites. And what happens, they're cut their employees get in and claim it for them. 
So, you know, one site I was on was a bunch of employees partying on Facebook for business. And if I was doing research on that company and I looked at their Facebook page, Facebook for business page, those parties were all tagged back to that page. So it wasn't a really bad thing, but it may not be what this company wanted to project. Another company I was doing some work with, I went in and they had, hadn't really paid any attention to their Google reviews and they had some terrible reviews from ex-employees. And I said, guys, they're all men in the room. You gotta go in and clean this up and take care of it because when someone Googles your company, that's the first thing they see. And even though they're not coming to work from you, they're probably gonna buy something from you. It, it doesn't matter. If someone says something about your company, like this is the worst employer I ever worked for, then it doesn't help people decide to do business with you. So there's a social footprint about your business out there that you need to take control of. And you need to control your marketing message or your content and whatever goes out through that channel, whether you're big or whether you're small. Go Google full contact selling and you'll see I had a bunch of people put reviews in there about my business just because you know, two years ago it was empty. And I said, well, people go there and they know who I am, but what if they don't know who I am? I want, I want to, I want that to project well. So I'm doing that right now, of course, just to check out if you, All right. <laughs> but, um, Marcus, you got to give me a good review on LinkedIn and on Google after this. Yeah, of course I will. <laughs> so, so what do you think about the availability then if you're just yourself and you said okay if someone contacts me on facebook messenger then i reply there if someone contacts me on linkedin then i reply there how how do you observe all of these channels then and and how do you sort of get the time to do that while say super busy so what i do is i repost a lot of other people's content so um if you go through and you look at my LinkedIn posts Probably 75% of those posts are, I'm in the Microsoft ecosystem, so events that are coming up, um, people congratulating on new jobs. Um, uh, you know, I put one up for the UG conference, someone had taken a photo of the opening keynote, I put that up. So I repurpose other people's content. You'll also see I have a very good review that um, CIO Magazine wrote about Dynamics uh, 365. So. I actually use uh, Google Alerts to say track Dynamics 365 for me because I'm in Canada. I want you to track um, Microsoft Canada for me. And every morning I get an alert from Google what's new in the news about these organizations. Um, and you can do that on Google Alerts for companies or whatever you, you want. And I'll find stuff within those Google Alerts to post. And so every day you'll see I post something. And I only write an article maybe you know, once every three months. So it's not that I'm building a lot of content, but I'm broadcasting a lot of content. You said earlier that you work with the LinkedIn a lot here and and together with CRM. So that means that you work with the Microsoft relationship sales. So the sales navigator and the sales module in Dynamics 365. So can you, can you give us a broad overview of what that is? Well, you know, there's a reason that um, Microsoft paid, I think it was $26 billion for LinkedIn. LinkedIn just happens to be the best CRM system in the world because everybody updates it. So what I teach reps is, you know, I'll take 10 minutes to show them how to use LinkedIn with Outlook and uh, with CRM. That's not the big piece. 
uh, for me, it's teaching sales reps how to, to look like an expert, not a salesperson, how to look like a business coach, not a salesperson, and how to look like a sort of noted authority on their subject that, that can be trusted and not a salesperson. So I try to help them with sort of their image. I help them, you know, how to put together a good profile with the picture, and I get them to understand influence. Influence the customer, influence the prospect, don't be selling all the time. And then I get them to understand how they have to build their content strategy around LinkedIn, how to build out your ecosystem. That's one part of it. And then I'll teach them how to use Sales Navigator to really drill in and find the people that they want to connect with and eventually sell with. Well, the biggest challenge I have with salespeople is, oh, somebody liked my post, should I call them, right? And try to sell them something. And, and it's, it says, no, this is a long, <laughs> drawn-out thing. You should you should try to find people that are ready to buy, looking to buy, all that type of stuff. But you got to quit jumping on people on social media, and you got to be more um, an influencer to them and, and be in front of them when they're ready to buy. So it's a little bit – social selling is a little bit different. So I teach them how to use these tools – sort of a long term for building out their sales career, their sales territory, and to give them a, a good image uh, in, the, in, the, in the business world. So what would you say are the typical steps that a buyer goes through to, to be qualified then? If, if I were to sort of like your one of your posts, where am I at in, in sort of your sales process then? So that's interesting because I get a lot of people like in my posts, um, you know, uh, one I did last week, I got 4,000 people um, are viewing it and probably 80 people liking it. So, which is a, a pretty good post for me. Um, so where are they in my process? I, I get most of my business through referrals. People refer me to people they know that need, know who need my help. So if a company's kind of stuck with CRM, it's not working for them, I can help. If they're planning their next phase or even their initial planning, I can help. So I'm really trying to let the ecosystem around Dynamics 365 understand that Rick's the sales process slash CRM planning guy. If you need help in that area, I'm the guy to go to. So even if you like my post, I'm probably not going to follow up, right? What I do is I use education. So I, you know, I do webinars, I do workshops. Uh, so I keep educating people and I find when they're ready to buy or if someone refers, then they reach out. What's really interesting is I probably get five times as many people contacting me through LinkedIn than I do through traditional email to send me that referral. Okay, so when you build the content here, you really think about, okay, what's the trust or the trustworthiness that you can build or convey to the potential customers so that so that they contact you then yes and it's a little different for for the what type of business you're in like because i'm a consultant that's the way i have to position it um you know if you're selling into an industry so let's say you you're in some kind of green business you know, and let's say we sold some kind of uh, water filtration equipment. I want to go and talk about our equipment, post what's new, why our products are good. But I also would want to put, you know, stuff out there, why a clean environment's 
you know, good for us and, and really some green energy stuff and just be seen as that sort of green energy person. Um, and, and they know I'm in the water purification business. So it's almost the image you're painting of, of what you do. And you still got to be out there selling like a sales rep, but you want to be able to find the right stuff, post it, um, and to really give you a, a, a good influence. Okay. So this is a, a complementary thing to the sales thing. So you don't have to do either or you can do both then, right? Oh, absolutely. You still got to go sell it. You can't be just posting stuff on LinkedIn all day and expect to have a career. You really have to go do what you do as a sales rep and close business. This just, this is your coverage, right? This allows you to get to probably 10 times as many people and influence people that you would never meet. Um, it just gives you that that um, you can lift yourself up to the next level of selling. I've got sixteen thousand people, you know, connected with me on LinkedIn. I'll never sell to the sixteen thousand people, but I want that market to know what I do. And you know, the numbers just play. The more I can put in the my ecosystem, the easier time I'm going to have actually finding opportunities say that you are someone like yourself then and you're thinking about your next post here then what is the key ingredients that you want a post to contain to convey that trust and and uh, and respect that you want people to to feel when they they read it or consume whatever webinar you're thinking about doing next well, I stay away from politics <laughs> and I stay away from, you know, uh, sex and like that. And I really try to keep it positive. So if somebody puts something, you know, negative up about Microsoft, I'm not going to share that. But if someone puts something positive up, I'm going to uh, share that. And it's funny, a, a friend of mine, one of the partners says to me, he says, Rick, you're the ultimate yes man when it comes to LinkedIn, right? And I thought, yeah, that's probably a good description of it. Become a yes man, become a very positive person on LinkedIn and look at it as how do you spread the good word? Okay, so good examples of successes. Uh, uh, do, do you share stories from the clients that you've had or worked with before that sort of, okay, we have this case, they do this, they do that, this is the result that they gain? Well, that's a good question because I follow my customers on LinkedIn. So when something happens that's good at their company, I congratulate them. Um, you know, I do some work with a, uh, a national landscape franchise group and they won several awards and they posted it on LinkedIn. I'm the first one to go and to like it, to share it and congratulate them. So it's not only about me, it's about my customers and helping them share their messages. And this is something that this connection with CRM can help you with so you don't miss things like this or are you just constantly on LinkedIn? Uh, no, LinkedIn's the spot. <laughs> I'd like to say that, you know, CRM gives me that power, but really it's LinkedIn. For me, for me, CRM's about, um, LinkedIn's about where I sort of, I want to call it marketing, but where I do my broadcast from, right? It's my platform and CRM is where I manage process and I manage the conversation. So to me, the CRM is a management tool to keep me organized and to track my opportunities and that type of thing, where LinkedIn is really my 
I'll call it my broadcasting platform. It's almost like, you know, a YouTube platform for a, a YouTuber. LinkedIn's a, my LinkedIn is my LinkedIn platform for getting my message to my ecosystem. You don't really look at the audience in LinkedIn as strict customer. It might be that they're potential customers, but uh, or future referrals or or more broader sense than in the CRM. There's more like, okay, I have this opportunity. I will have to get an action and call them next week and see how they're at and stuff like that. Yeah, it's almost like the old days. We used to teach sales reps to ask for referrals. So after you sold something, go back to your customers and ask for a reference into their network. That's what we're doing on LinkedIn, only on steroids, right? We're sharing and pushing stuff into a network looking for referrals. So those referrals come in and I manage that business relationship and CRM and the opportunities around it. And the outlook, the email messages are all going into CRM as well. But where I go and network is on LinkedIn. So if you look at this social selling, then do you have any recommendations for KPIs and follow-ups for salespeople working in, in this area, this sort of trust and, and building relationships area? I think for sure that you want to build out your network as you can and get it specific to who you're selling to. So if I sold water filtration equipment and I sold it to manufacturers who use water within that process, um, I would certainly target those types of people and groups, water quality groups, uh, and en engineers that work in this world on LinkedIn. So you want to really target um, who you want to what ecosystem you want to belong to and then figure out how to work your way into that ecosystem. So from that perspective, you, you do that, but you still, at the end of the day, you've got to, you know, follow up with those people that you've qualified. It doesn't take away from any of that. This is all about opening up yourself to um, influence, influencer marketing and referrals. So what do you feel about gated versus ungated content? Um, well, most most people today try to get a um, start out with ungated content so they can get people into the content. But then once you want to take it to the next level, you want to download my white paper. You want to, you know, watch my I'll give you the first video for free. If you want to watch my video two, three and four, then you have to give me your email so I know who you are. So depends what you're You can't say it's in general because it really depends on what you're selling and, and how many and, and what you're looking for within that process. If you're selling a, a, a high low price product, then you need a lot of names. If you're selling a high end consulting service, then you don't need as many names. So depending on your model and your, your business model is really going to tell whether you want to gate your content or not. Um, so an example for you, then it might be that you have a couple of videos on YouTube, but the webinar where you are present then that's where you have the gated content and you have to sign up and you get a time and this is when it is happening yeah, so, um, my videos you can find some of my videos on the user groups crug there's some videos of uh, presentations i've done up there um, but once you you've kind of go through uh, that information at the user group level, a lot of the stuff you have to become a member to access. So they gate it off and they give you a little bit, but not the whole thing. 
All right, but but you as Rick McCutcheon for full contact selling doesn't really know who is looking at your videos on CRM UD or D365 UD then because that's more for them. Yeah, so for me, my my ecosystem now is so big <laughs> with 16,000 and my goal by the end of the year is to get it up to 20,000. Um, my whole idea is I'm going to have everybody know me and see my videos and and then they'll come back and hire me when they need me, right? So it's... To me, I just want it. I just want my ecosystem to keep growing, and the best way to do that is absolutely. So you never reject an invitation on LinkedIn, then? Not if they're part of my ecosystem. If they got nothing to do with my ecosystem, I don't accept them. Um, but let's say they're a Dynamics developer and they're in Italy. Well, they're part of my ecosystem. I'll link into them. If they're a recruiter and then want to hire you for some different company, then. Yeah, I don't have too much luck with recruiters because I'm not looking for a job. So I tend to uh, shy away from those relationships. I'm just curious because uh, I have some rules of my own, of course, and and people I haven't really met or haven't seen, then I'm not sure what to do with that. But yeah, that's just uh, my kind of LinkedIn filter. Yeah, I, I think if they're in your whatever you you got to figure out what your business ecosystem is, and if those people are in the ecosystem, that's the whole point of LinkedIn is to grow your ecosystem. Yeah, that's an, that's some good uh, measuring stick to to hold on to. You work mostly with business to business, right? So, do you have any recommendations for people working with business to consumer? No, it's different. So if I'm a real estate agent, you know, can I use LinkedIn? Absolutely. Um, but I think if you're doing business to consumer, you probably want to look at Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, it's more if your audience is still on LinkedIn, then that's still a viable option. But I was thinking perhaps other channels for you with the social selling, perhaps not just LinkedIn. Yeah, it's really it's really to do where your customers are. I did a, a workshop a couple of weeks ago, and there was one group that sold to doctors, and I was told that oh, if you want to get a doc, if you want to communicate with doctors, you got to do it on Twitter. And I never knew that, but that's what you know. They're in the business of selling to doctors, and you know they're more concerned about Twitter than LinkedIn. Every profession has their network i guess uh-huh. some might even have a private network somewhere or a google group that you have to be invited to and and that's always troublesome then yes how do you think about privacy and and things about that then well it's always a dilemma right because you're out there um trying to build out your business ecosystem so uh how do i think about privacy i think well you know uh i'm concerned um, so I keep my Facebook mostly for my friends and family and that type of thing. And I do have a, a Facebook for business. But from a, a business perspective, you know, to grow your business, you got to promote yourself. So if you want if you want to participate, participate. If you don't want to participate, then you don't. And uh, I'm, you know, I spent my career automating salespeople. So I've got to participate. Yeah. So how do you feel about this uh, flood of emails that you get about GDPR then? Well, you know, email in general is kind of losing its uh, losing its effectiveness because, you know, I'll go into my email right now and I'll have a thousand emails that I haven't answered yet. 
And really, once I go through them, there might be 50 emails that are answering. The rest are junk. Um, so, and I opt out of a lot of stuff. So it's it's interesting. And I think because of this, Gmail, our emails losing its effectiveness. I know if I contact people through LinkedIn, it's a lot better than if I email them. Yeah, true. Um, so do you have any tricks or recommendations for us for getting started and, and see where we can go with this? Well, it's funny because how did I get started? I went and bought the book LinkedIn for Dummies. This is probably back 10 years ago now. And I went through it page per page to understand, you know, what this product does and how to best use it. Now, since then, there's been a lot of people develop a lot of videos. So I find YouTube's a great place to go for education, as well as LinkedIn itself has some good education videos. So really, you know, if you're starting out, learn how to build a good profile, learn how to, you know, understand what your ecosystem is and who you're trying to connect. And if you're ever in Toronto, um, you know, I teach mostly around what we call the GTA. Uh, within a couple hours of here, I do lots of workshops on LinkedIn. So uh, look me up and I'll get you into a workshop. So do you have any pitfalls that might you have stepped in or things that you want me to avoid when I, I go through this exercise? No, you continuously learn, right? What works, what doesn't work, what kind of posts work better. I don't think there's really any pitfalls. I mean, you're you're just going out to your business ecosystem. Um, no, I can't really say there's any pitfalls to it. It's just, you know, put a good picture up, put a good profile up and start linking in to people. It's not that difficult. All right. So, you know, it, it's, it's not that difficult. And I think you can, uh, you know, either enjoy doing it or not. Myself, I find it almost gamification, you know? I put a post up there, I want to see how well I can get it to do, right? So do I take people into it? Do I, what kind of picture do I use? All that type of stuff. So you just, you know, it becomes a, a, a bit of a game. If I want to know more, then where do I head? Um, I think start reading up the sales, um, uh, the sales blog within LinkedIn is very, very good, some good stories. Um, as well, there's a lot of videos people have done. Um, find somebody that you like and start listening to their videos. Um, there's uh, there's a there's a ton of good resources out there. So, do you have any public speaking like conferences or things like that scheduled for the time being, where we can find you next? Uh, oh, I've got lots of things coming up. Uh, next week, we've got the Canadian National uh, User Group meetings. So I chair the user group in Canada. So we've got meetings have happened simultaneously in Vancouver, Calgary, Montreal, um, Ottawa, and Toronto. Uh, after that, um, I've got the Innovation Factory at McMaster. The two weeks from now, I'll be doing a LinkedIn session there. Uh, in the fall, again, we've got Collaborate, which is a, our big Canadian user group show. We'll do uh, five cities this year, two-day show as well as the summit in uh, Phoenix. I'll be there for the Microsoft's uh, user group summit. We'll probably have, you know, 10 to 15,000 people at that session. So lots of speaking coming up, lots of lots of events. But really with me, it's all, you know, around that Dynamics 365 community. You sure like to keep busy. I try. So do you have any links uh, where we can find you then? Oh, on LinkedIn. So look, Rick McCutcheon on LinkedIn, and uh, maybe you can put my profile uh, URL uh, 
with this podcast. That would be helpful. Uh, you'll find two Rick McCutcheons in Canada. One, one's a great big bodybuilder. And then there's me. I'm not a bodybuilder, so it's the non-bodybuilder guy when you connect. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I grabbed the link to the LinkedIn page and the full contact selling so people can find okay. you there if they're not on LinkedIn. All right, fantastic. Thank you for your participation in CRM Rocks, Rick McCutcheon. Okay, Marcus, have a great day. And thanks to you listening. And don't forget that you can subscribe or comment on CRM Rocks. Just search for it in your favorite podcasting app or go to crmrocks.com. See you next time on CRM Rocks.